Hello and welcome back to the To Be Wed podcast. My name is Mike and I'm your host. And today you've just got me. My wife, Emily, who normally hosts this podcast is away this week. So it's just me, my cup of coffee and our dog, Mai, here recording this episode. But this week we are talking about my subject of choice, my speciality, which is wedding photography. I've been wanting to do an episode about this for quite some time and I thought while Emily is away, we'll jump all into wedding photography and go and explore the different things that you need to be knowing before you book a wedding photographer, but also my my tips and tricks from being in the industry. If you guys don't know, I actually work as a wedding photographer and have done so for um, about the past 18 months, and that's been very exciting work and something that I've really been enjoying. And I think that's part of the reason why I love making this podcast is because I'm able to be hands-on in um, actually going to a lot of weddings. And so I get to experience a lot of things and I get to see a lot of things, work with a lot of couples, um, planning uh, their wedding through that whole process and so to be able to give you guys a bit of insight um, in the planning process of your wedding and hopefully help you through a couple of things that I do see that do go wrong a lot and help you be able to fix those and help you be able to plan for those um, ahead of time. Obviously, one of the really big things when you're going to get married is is choosing a wedding photographer. Now, this is, this is not something that you absolutely have to have. It's definitely a preference for a lot of people, but majority of people will have a photographer at their wedding. I think probably one of the most popular vendors to have at any given wedding, along with hair and makeup artists as well. And I think that um, having an experience of what to expect in that is important because it is something that you're probably going to get and a large majority of people are probably going to get for their wedding day. So knowing uh, what to expect in that regard when inquiring with a photographer. As I've spoken about before, it's probably the next thing you would do um, after you lock in your venue is go inquire with photographers and try to see whether they're available um, on a specific date. So this is probably something you're going to be thinking about early on. I'm going to be giving you some tips of things you can do throughout those early stages of planning your wedding, but also some things we can do later on down the track when working with photographers um, in leading up to the day, but also coordinating with them for the day. And I think that's super important as well. So I'm just going to jump straight into this episode, guys, and hopefully give you a lot of information as we go. And the first thing that I really want to touch on is what is your budget? This is super important. I've talked about this and Emily's talked about this on every previous episode, basically, is knowing your budget because you can walk into choosing vendors and um, if you're not concrete on your budget, you'll probably end up spending over your budget or you'll probably just end up wasting your time inquiring with vendors who um, are out of your budget to start with. So making sure that you're well aware of what your budget is, I think most of the time, photography is probably something that is allocated a little bit more of your budget. A lot of people ask me how much of your budget should you spend on photography. It's hard to break that down as a percentage. It definitely depends on on what your priorities are. If you're having a lot of other vendors, you know, if you're getting a videographer as well, but then you're also having a DJ, you're having a whole DIY wedding where you have to outsource a lot of your other vendors as well. It may not be that much of a high priority to you and you can't justify spending, say, 10 to 15% of your whole wedding budget on a photographer and that's okay. And I don't um, try to tell people what they should spend on your wedding photographer. But well, what I will say is that you mostly get what you pay for. And I think this has been the big experience that I've had in being in and around the industry and knowing what people charge, but also inquiring for our own wedding photographer and, and sort of knowing what price point they were at and, and what sort of service they were able to provide. I think a lot of people tend to think that a photographer is just someone who takes photos. And I think there's a lot more that goes into it than that. Photography is is coordination behind the whole day. I think apart from yourselves and maybe a planner, if you're having a wedding planner um, help you along the whole journey, I think your photographer is going to be your next point of call when it comes to coordinating and planning a lot of things for your wedding day. And, and they're someone who's going to be very heavily involved in the stages through the day. I've made a whole episode on the timeline for the day. And I think that has come about me being a photographer is I'm basically there with the couple 
all day. You know, you can be a hair and makeup artist and you're only there for a few hours in the morning, but then you're heading home by just as the action is about to start, just as, as they're about to go off to the ceremony. And you can be a musician or a DJ and you're probably only there at the reception. But as a photographer, you're there the whole day. So I think it's super important, firstly, not only to make the right call on who you want that photographer to be, like you want that to be someone you enjoy spending time with because you are going to be spending a lot of time with them through the day, but also someone who knows a lot about the whole day. And so this is a big choice to be able to make in having someone on your team who can be there with you the whole day. There are also a lot of creative choices that come into choosing a photographer and the experience that they've had before. Like you're probably paying for um, the experience the photographer's had. If they've worked in the industry for so many years, you're paying for that experience that they've got, that they know what it is they're going to do when they turn up. The one thing that I really enjoy as a photographer is knowing that every wedding isn't the same. And I think that's a really beautiful element of, of, of helping people plan their weddings, but also being involved in weddings as well, is you get to see that not every wedding is the same and everyone adds their own unique touch. And so being aware of what things can happen and being around the couple and, and making sure that you're up to date with everything in the wedding, but also knowing what things are able to move, what you can do as a photographer um, um, really helps. So making sure that you're choosing a photographer that you know has had that experience before, that you know has gone in there and done all these different things, has been to a lot of weddings before, has been around it for a long time. And that's what you're really paying for when you're paying for a photographer. You're paying for that experience. You're paying that they know what they're doing, whether they walk in there, that they're not going to have to ask you a million questions on the day because they've already had these meetings with you beforehand. They've been really involved in the wedding planning process. They've You've actually spoken with them before. I think one of the really big things I do recommend is actually meeting with your photographer beforehand and that is because it allows you to to gain a sense of what their style is but also to meet them and, and feel a bit more at ease with you walking in on the day. It can be very stressful to have someone walking around with a camera in your face all day but making sure you're meeting them beforehand to be able to get a sense of if it is someone that you would like to spend the whole day with but also um, to, to really get them up to speed and to know how they work and to know what they need to know for on your day because every day is very unique. After you've worked out what that price point is that you're happy to spend on a photographer, knowing all the things that do go into photography and knowing um, all the elements that come along with that, it's then about choosing your photographer. And one of the big choices that you do have is the creative style of the photographer. So art is very subjective and it's hard to be 100% sure of what the end product is going to look like. You know, it's not like going to buy a dress. It's not like having your hair and makeup done where it's going to be the exact same at the trial. You're never going to be able to emulate those photos. You're never going to know what the photos are going to look like. All the photos that they took at the last wedding, probably not going to be the same as yours. And why would you want that anyway? There are going to be things that happen on your day. You don't know if it's going to be cloudy, if it's going to be a bright, sunshiny day. You know, at your venue, maybe the photographer hasn't worked there before. So a lot of different things, a lot of unknowns. But one thing you can be sure on is the photographer's style. And this is why I tell people to go and check out their photos and make sure that the style is something that you like. You know, don't be too critical on all of the venues that they've worked at before. If they haven't worked at your particular venue, then that's okay. But make sure that they have a style of, of taking photo that you really like. If all the photos on their website are just of the couple and they're overly posed, then that probably says that they're a very involved photographer, that they're going to be going in there and, and creating photos and creating shots to really make overly posed photos. And that may be something that you really like. You may say, well, I don't really know what to do, but I, li I like those really artsy, really stylistic photos. Then if you can see that they're portraying that on their website, then that is probably something that you're going to go for. But if you would rather someone who's just a bit more relaxed, a bit more laid back, someone you can see is just taking photos from a bit further away of a distance. They're just taking photos, a lot more candid style shots. If they're portraying that on their website, then that's probably the style they're trying to go for. So they're, they're probably going to take more photos of your guests, more photos of you interacting with other people. And if that's something that you really want for the day, if you want that sort of, if you want that more sort of documentary style, then maybe that's something you'd go for. So make sure that you're checking out the photos because that is the one thing that you do have to go off 
when choosing a photographer because as I said it's hard to know exactly what the photos are going to look like from the day because there are a lot of things a lot of conditions at play on your particular day but one thing you can go for is the style another style choice that you can have is how they edit their photos now there's a big there's a big thing these days to have like bright and airy photos where they're all nice and white and all the colors have been turned up there's also a style where it's really like dark and moody where all the colors get turned down and and it's really dark shots and they're in really dark environments you know and they're and they're intentionally making those photos look darker than they actually were it can often deceive people that some of those photos can be taken on a bright sunshiny day but that's the style that, that they like to edit in to make them really dark to make it look really moody and you might really like that so make sure you go through their photos. If all their photos are in that style, then they're probably not going to change that style on your wedding day. And you can't ask a photographer to change their style. There is a style of photography out there, and you've probably seen it before in very olden style photography where people use very wide lenses. They use very big flashes through the middle of the day. And that is a particular style that some people do still like to go for. It's not for me. It's not for everyone. It's not a style that I work in. So if someone was to come to me and ask for that particular style, I wouldn't be able to offer that because that's not the style that I work in. But there are other people out there who do still use that style. So making sure that if that's a particular style of work that you like, making sure that you inquire with someone who has that work in their catalogue already. I personally get a lot of inquiries from people saying that they like my sort of candid style where it's a bit more relaxed and they don't really want someone up in their face all day with a camera. And I really take that as a compliment because that is something that I try to portray. I don't want someone up in my face all day taking photos and I know how it is to get married and, and I don't want that for my on my wedding day. You know, I'm there to get married and I'm there to spend time with other people. I don't want someone taking photos of me all day and, and having these real styled photos where I have to be really involved. I'd rather just be walking around, having a chat to people and I would like photos as the day happens. So that's the type of style that I try to portray. And so I get inquiries from those type of people and I think that's important because there is a style of photographer out there for everyone. If you're a bit more introverted and you don't want someone up in your face all day with a camera, then there are people out there for that. If you are introverted but would really like to be extroverted on your wedding day and really take those overly stylized photos, then there is someone out there that can work with you to do that. If you would like your wedding to be posted in a magazine, you can work with photographers who've worked with those magazines before, you know, to be able to get those photos in those blogs, in those magazines. There are people out there for everyone, so make sure you know who it is you're inquiring with and why it is you're actually inquiring with them because that goes a long way to you actually building a connection with that photographer which will help you further on down the track. Now the next thing I'm going to move on to is when and where you're getting married. I said this before in the beginning that photography is probably the next thing you're going to book after you book your venue and so making sure that it is the next thing you book after you book your venue. Uh, super important to be able to get onto your photographer very early because a lot of photographers do book out very early and especially with venues seeming to be booking up a lot quicker these days, um, making sure you get onto your photographer as early as possible. Hard to get onto your photographer if you don't know what day you're going to get married yet, though. If you haven't booked a venue, it's very hard to contact a photographer, and I don't think it's probably worth it at that point. At that point, you're just expressing interest, asking for a price. You can definitely do that. You can definitely reach around to photographers, and that is something that if you're working with a bit of a tighter schedule, um, if you're planning to get engaged pretty soon but you're not engaged yet, you can definitely reach out and see if you're if you're working on a tight schedule and you'd like to get um, if you'd like to get married pretty soon, like within the next year, you can definitely reach out for prices and 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 kind of see because not a lot of photographers will advertise their price on their website, and that is probably to try and get you in the door to be able to start a conversation so that then they can email you back and try and persuade you that their price is worth it, which in the majority of the cases it probably is. You know, they're probably not overcharging compared to the industry. And if they're if their prices do seem high, they're probably providing a little bit of a better service. And it's okay to go inquire with those people, but probably don't inquire with everyone before you have a date locked in because you never know if they're going to be available or not anyway. And in which case it's probably not worth inquiring to begin with. Now another thing I want to address 
um, in regards to location is if you're getting married outside of a big city, you may not be able to inquire with a lot of photographers. You know, A lot of photographers out there will travel, but there are some who probably won't. There are some who are going to charge an excess travel fee on top of their original price to go and travel. So it sometimes may be easier to book a photographer from another location who is happy to travel for free. You know, so these are these are options we can definitely weigh up. I have had a few questions before in the past about why um, photographers charge a travel fee, and this is something that I want to really clear the air on a little bit because I think it's something that people are confused about. Sometimes they have really large travel fees to be able to go and travel to a different to a different location if you'd like them to photograph your wedding, and I think one of the big reasons for that is that you have to account for a day either side for travel. If you're asking a photographer to go from Sydney down to Melbourne to photograph a wedding on a Saturday, that means they're going to probably travel on the Friday night to get down there to make sure they're there early enough for the preparation on on Saturday morning. But then also if they're working into the evening on Saturday, they've got to get hotels and all that and they're not going to come home till Sunday. So not only are you asking them to get hotels and get flights, but then you're also asking them to potentially be missing out on work on the Friday and on the Sunday as well. Now, there are a lot of photographers out there who do work on a Friday, on a Saturday, and on a Sunday, all in the one weekend. So that is just something to take into account that it may be cheaper for you to go with a photographer who's in that area. If you are planning on having a destination wedding, even if you're just planning on traveling interstate for your wedding, it might be easier to get a photographer from around that area to come and photograph your wedding because sometimes it can work out a little bit cheaper because they're not going to charge you that excess travel fee. And then after you've got all those things out of the way, you've decided on your budget, you've decided what style of photographer you like, you've obviously decided when and where you're going to get married. The next thing you need to decide on is how many hours you want your photographer there for the day. Now, this is the one really big choice that I see that you have to make with a lot of photographers. A lot of photographers are going to have different wedding photography packages, but most of them are broken up in terms of how many hours you actually want them there for the day. There are obviously added extras, and I'm going to talk about that a bit later, but the really main thing is how many hours you want them there for the day. And this is why the timeline is so important. And this is why working with your photographer to create a timeline is a really good idea. Um, It's also a good idea to have one walking in, but you can also ask them as well, how many hours do you think I need? How many hours will you think I need to do X, Y, and Z? Because if they've actually done all this stuff before, they'll know, you know, and this is why it's critically important to have a close relationship with your photographer because you are going to be working with them on this a lot. And if you change your timeline further on down the track, there may be options to add hours to subtract hours, you know, depending on how your how your timeline changes for the day. Because we all know things can get to that few weeks before and you decide to change a few things. You, you decide you'd really like a sparkler exit, but you haven't got your photographer there for the exit. Really important to have that relationship because then you can go back and say, oh, can we add an extra hour here? Can we change how we're having to prep in the morning? We now change our location for this. All of this stuff really comes into play. So you have to know a little bit of a rough idea, but you can certainly iron these kinks out with your photographer as you go along that journey. Now, I will say most of the time, if, if you're going to get a photographer, you're probably going to have them there for the ceremony, um, at least the ceremony, and then um, as well at the reception. I generally say that about eight hours is a good amount of time to be able to capture everything. That's going to be enough time to give you probably just before the ceremony to into the receptions up until people have their speeches. You know, and maybe into the first dance, depending on how squished your timeline is. You can't really do everything in only six hours. So if you're going to get six hours of photography, just know you're going to have to make some sacrifices there on things that you're going to be able to get photographed. So it's probably going to be from the start of the ceremony. Say your ceremony starts at two o'clock up until eight o'clock at night. And probably not everything's going to happen between those hours. Yes, you're going to get photos of the ceremony. You're going to get all your, all your family photos or your bridal portraits afterwards. You know, you're going to get the start of the reception. Maybe you do your first dance up front. 
have a few speeches, and then the photographer's out of there. So you're not going to get everything, but you will get a lot, but just know you are going to make some sacrifices. So these are the decisions that we have to make. Are we going to stretch it out to eight or nine hours? Are we going to go to 10 hours if we want, if we're planning on having our sort of preparation in the morning, if, if we are going to get bridal prep done, if we're going to get photos of that, which I really like, and I think it's a really nice way to add to the overall feel of the day to be able to get those photos in the morning when you're getting hair and makeup done, and then when the bride's getting dressed, when you're getting all those detail shots of them putting on shoes and and all the rings and all the invitations and things like that. It's nice to be able to get those photos of you just hanging out in the morning. It really adds to the gallery. But you're not going to be able to get that if you've only got eight hours of photography. You may need to stretch it even further if that's something that you really want. If you are having, as I touched on earlier, if you're having a sparkler exit, you're probably going to need your photographer there for that sparkler exit. There's no point having it if you're not having your photographer there. I mean, it is worth having regardless. You can do you, but... Most of the time, it's just to have a photo. And if your photographer's not there, then it's not really going to be worth it. So you may need your photographer to work until the end of the reception. Um, So these are things that you have to make sure you find out. In terms of how many hours you need your photographer for, this is really one of the big upsides for having your ceremony and reception at the exact same place. So if you're having all in one venue and you're just getting married outside on the lawn and then you're moving inside to have your reception, this is a big upside for your photography because you probably won't need them there for as long and you won't need as long of a timeline because you're not going to be moving about in between. You're probably going to be doing all your preparation photos in the morning at that venue. You know They will probably have accommodation on site or if not, you're going to be probably staying close by if you're in a venue like that. So it really allows you to squeeze your timeline up. On the other end of that spectrum is where you're going to get ready at home, then you're going to drive somewhere to where you're going to have your ceremony, then you're going to drive to another place to go have photos, then you're going to drive to a different place to go to your reception. These are all times that you need the photographer there for that whole amount of time. I think one of the big things that surprises people is that as soon as your photographer starts in the morning, they're on until they end at the end of the night. So they're not having an hour unpaid meal break through the day. Um, so you have to actually pay them for the whole amount of time. So if you're going to spend an hour in the car during the day, that's an hour you've still got to pay them for to drive around um, while you're not actually taking photos. So if you're in one venue, if you're there for the whole day, then you can just be utilizing your photographer for the whole day as opposed to being in the car for an hour for an hour on that day or an hour and a half on that day on some occasions, depending on how far you're driving between all these different spots, um, you're still going to have to pay your photographer for that amount of time. So have to factor that into your timeline in that, how early are you going to need to get ready to make sure you get to your ceremony venue on time and, and allow enough time for travel? How much time do you need in the afternoon to go and take photos? Are you going to be driving a long, are you going to be driving a long way to go and get these photos at a certain location? These are things we need to factor in. These are all things you can work out with your photographer, of course, but making sure you know this when you walk in because that may inflate the price of how much a photographer is going to be. At the end of the day, it all comes down to what's important for you. And for some people, it's not as important to get uh, the preparation photos. There are a lot of people out there who just do bridal preparation. And so the groom does not get any photos of them in the morning. And sometimes it can be too hard to coordinate that. So you just do either one or the other. And that is totally up to your preference. It's not on me to sit here and tell anyone what they should need to take photos of on their wedding day. You can, you can by all means, take photos on your phone in the morning. You can just be hanging out with your bridesmaids, hanging out with your groomsmen, and just be taking photos on your phone. That is totally okay. And you don't necessarily need that. And it's the same at your reception too. A lot of people don't like photos on the dance floor. That's, I think that's one of the really big ones for me is that that's really polarizing for people is how important are photos on the dance floor. A lot of people will send their photographer home after they've done the important parts of the reception, like their first dance, after they've done their speeches, after they've done their cake cutting. They'll probably send the photographer home because they're not interested in any of the photos on the dance floor. They're not having a grand exit. So they're not interested in that sort of stuff. And that's okay. You know, th- This all comes down to personal preference. 
But I do just want to emphasize that you can't send your photographer home in the middle of the day between the ceremony and reception and ask them to come back later on. As soon as they're on the clock, they're on the clock. So make sure you're utilizing those hours in between. And if you've only got them for eight hours, make sure you make sure all the important parts are within that eight hours of the day. And now the last thing that I really want to touch on when it comes to choosing your wedding photographer or when it comes to finalizing your wedding photographer is any additional extras. Now, a lot of photographers offer these included in their packages. A lot of other photographers will just have them as extras. You know, it can depend and these can also impact the price of your day of how much the photography is going to be. One of the big extras that I see a lot of the time is having a second photographer. And a lot of people ask me, is it worth it having a second photographer? Now, I personally most of the time work alone as only one photographer. I think that one photographer is totally fine if you just want to have one photographer. But if you would like another angle of your whole day, then then by all means, feel free to have a second photographer. There are a few instances where it works really well, and this is in the morning when you're doing your preparation. So if the bride and groom are getting ready at the same time, then normally you'll need two photographers to go to different locations. How I work around it is normally the groom is going to get ready a little bit earlier because they're going to get to the venue first. So I can normally go to the groom earlier and then go to the bride because the bride isn't walking out the door until almost right on when the ceremony is about to start and the groom's already there by then. So I can normally work around it because they're not at the same time. But if they are, then that is a situation where you may need two photographers if that is something that you want to be really captured. Another thing is at the ceremony as well. If you're getting married in a in a nice old church and it's a really big venue and you, and you want a lot of photos of that, there may not be time for if you only have one photographer to walk around and get a lot of those other sort of detail shots because they're going to be arriving as the as the bride arrives, they're going to be walking in, they're going to be taking photos of the ceremony, but they won't be able to walk around afterwards and take photos because they are there with the bride and groom the whole day. So that is another thing where having a second photographer works really well is having them get those other little detail shots that the main photographer isn't able to get because they're obviously there with the bride and groom the whole day. They're not just going to be walking away to go and take detail shots when they might be missing out on other things. So if you're really interested in having every other little detail captured, then it might be worth having a second photographer. But in my personal opinion, it's not something that you really need to be able to capture your day. And also another thing to touch on there is if you're having a videographer as well, if you're having someone who's going to shoot a video for you, then it mightn't be worth it as well to have a to have an additional photographer when you're going to get all those angles from the videographer as well. So how much do you really want at the end of the day? And you have to weigh up, is it worth that additional expense of having a second photographer? If you've already got a main photographer and a videographer as well, is it really worth having a second photographer? Another add-on that I really like is having an engagement session. I think this is so underrated these days. I think this should be a requirement if you're planning on having a wedding photographer. I just think it's so important to have an engagement session. Um, for heaps of different reasons and I, I often compare it to having a makeup artist you would normally have a trial for your makeup having an engagement sessions is like having a trial with, with your photographer making sure that you're on the same page making sure that your style is great you're really aligned you, you know how the photographer works the photographer knows how you work on your day because this can really take off a lot of that stress a lot of that anxious energy on the day when you walk in if you've already been photographed before a lot of people tell me that they've actually never had their photos taken before so nice to be able to go out for an hour and just take photos with your photographer um, to be able to go and get used to being in front of the camera. It, it isn't an easy thing and I'm not going to try and say that it's it's just something that really comes naturally to people but I think you would be surprised when you first go and take photos of how easy it is to be on camera and, and certainly working with different photographers and knowing how they work um, is important as well and, and, sort of, and sort of releasing a bit of that tension that you have about being behind the camera. 
It's also great because you get a heap of photos from a different location where you're just wearing plain clothes. I always say this to people, it's great to get engagement photos because you're probably not going to hang 100 photos from your wedding day around your house. That's going to look a little bit arrogant, a little bit uh, up yourself. If you're going to hang a heap of photos from your own wedding day where you're all dressed up, it's nice to have some photos just in plain clothes as well at a different location that are just of you two. You know, It's just a moment that you've had while you engage, when you're in that stage of your life, it's a really nice it's a really nice moment to look back on. And if the only photos you've ever had taken of yourself are on your wedding day, it's nice to go and get some additional couple photos done as well. And I think that's that's really important to be able to get used to it. But also, it's a good it's a good opportunity to go and get photos taken first and foremost. A really good trick I love for all the brides out there is making sure you get your hair and makeup trial on the same day as you plan your engagement photos. I really enjoy that when someone actually comes to the engagement photos. Um, they've had their hair and makeup done like you may as well use that opportunity because most hair and makeup artists will require you to have a makeup trial anyway you may as well use that and then go and have your engagement photos done um, in that afternoon as well so I think that's a really nice opportunity to be able to use that it's also a great opportunity to be able to speak to your photographer you definitely don't want to be meeting your photographer for the first time on your wedding day I think that is a, a trap for a lot of people is meeting your photographer for the first time on their wedding day there's already enough stress happening and you may have already met them online you may have spoken to them on the phone but I think it's important to meet them in person and if that is while they're actively taking photos as well, that can sort of alleviate a bit of that stress. You've worked with them before. You really know what you're getting into. I just think it's it's really an important thing to be able to go and do is to be able to go and have those engagement photos. A really big question that I get asked a lot is when should you have your engagement photos? And there's no real right time to have engagement photos between when you get engaged and when you get married. There's no um, exact time that you have to have engagement photos. I've done engagement photos a couple of weeks before they get married because they decided that they really wanted to get used to being in front of the camera and they'd never had it before and they decided a few weeks before, oh, actually, I'd really like an engagement session, so happy to squeeze that in. I've also done engagement sessions on the afternoon after they proposed, you know, after they were engaged, you know, straight away after the proposal have been there to do an engagement session with people and, and being able to take those photos. So there's no real right time. I would say, though, that a lot of people use their engagement photos in their invites, maybe on their wedding websites, on their save the date cards. These are things where you can use these photos and actually actually put them to good use, you know what I mean? So that's really nice to be able to get them before then. So I'd say, if anything, probably get them as early as possible, but you don't really have to. If that's not something you, you're planning on having on your invite, on your website, if you're not having a website, then you have them anytime that you want. And I would definitely tell people to choose a location that really means something to you. Um, choose a time of the year that you think is really going to be nice. You know, if you want to get married, you know, if you're planning on getting married in autumn, it might be nice to have some other photos in spring. It can be nice to be able to change things up and go make sure you have it at a time of year, at a location that really means something to you because these are special photos that you are going to cherish for a long time to come. And so that is where I'm probably going to leave this episode, guys. I hope it's given you a little bit of insight on how to go about choosing your wedding photographer, making sure you have a budget in place, making sure you have a style that you like, making sure um, you have a date locked in actually reaching out to your photographer, talking to them about your timeline, making sure you know how many hours of photography you are going to need, talking about any additional extras. Are you going to have another photographer? Are you going to do an engagement session? Everything like that. I hope this has given you a big insight on on what to expect when going into actually booking a wedding photographer. I think that's one of the big things for a lot of people. They've never had photos taken before. They've never spoken to any of these vendors before. So just nice to know what it is um, that you are going to expect. And nice to be able to go in with your shoe on the right foot and actually knowing a little bit what to expect, but also knowing that it's up to you at the end of the day. It's up to your style. It's up to you to decide what is actually important to you on your wedding day. It's up to you to decide what style of photographer you really want. Are you having a photographer? Are you going to have another photographer? I'll also probably do a whole episode on videography as well, but that's another choice that you have there to make. So this is all about you. It is your wedding day at the end of the day. So it's all about you and making sure that you know what you want on your special day. 
And guys, if you do have any questions about photography or about planning a wedding as a whole, be sure to message us on Instagram at tobewed underscore podcast. We always love hearing from you guys and are happy to answer any questions that you possibly have about getting married. I know it's a very daunting process and planning in those early stages, especially when you're at the stage when you're about to book your photographer, it can seem very daunting. Um, there's probably a lot to do around that stage and you're probably just a little bit over it, to be honest. It, it is hard to reach out to so many people and get prices and talk to so many people and, and really troll through a lot of people's websites to see if you like them or not, you like their style. Um, but if you would like any help in choosing that, if you'd like any help in that whole planning process whatsoever we would love to give you guys a bit of advice and if you want to if you want to reach out on instagram we're always happy to respond and also with that said guys if you have been enjoying any of our recent episodes we would love it if you could leave us a review on apple podcasts or spotify we are trying to get this podcast out to as many people as possible trying to help as many people as possible plan their weddings because we know from our situation that it isn't always easy and it is often a road that Um, You are probably walking alone um, and you may not have a lot of other people around you who have been married before or who are able to give advice on this sort of stuff. So trying to help you guys with a bit of advice in our process, but also trying to get a little bit of information out there so you guys are more educated when you are walking into that whole wedding planning process. So we would really appreciate it if you could leave us a rating and review because that does help it because that does help our podcast get out to a new audience of new people just like you who are engaged and planning to get married. But Until next week, guys, I hope you really enjoyed this episode and I can't wait to speak to you all again next Friday. Bye.